0: hello 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 and welcome back to gateway to anime ever wanted to get into anime but didn't know where to start this is the podcast for you charlie how you going
1: i'm good i'm excited to talk about anime once again and discuss all the things about it that i really love
0: (laughs) (laughs) very very eloquent Graham, how are you, my friend? I
2: think Charlie summed it up. (laughs) I don't think we need to add anything else. You shut this whole thing down.
1: That was the whole episode. (laughs) that's
2: it,
0: that's it. No, we are indeed the podcast which talks about anime so that if you aren't into it, you can get into it. And for those who are into it, we'd like to get a little bit analytical and discuss what the community is talking about and how you might take in things which might be culturally slightly different to what you're used to. So that is what Gateway to Anime is all about. And this episode, we are talking about nostalgia in anime. Now, this is going to be a slightly broader topic, even potentially slightly more analytical, slightly more academic, because nostalgia and fiction, nostalgia and life, are incredibly important things which are constantly used for narratives, whether it's political narratives, or fictional narratives, or media narratives. So, we're going to talk about a couple of things in respect to, very soon, the big three. Now, for those of you who haven't seen, or know what the big three are, the big three refers to three Shonen Jump manga, which were all, not airing, they were airing as well for animes, but they were all being published in Weekly Shonen Jump in the late 90s, early 2000s, that is, of course, One Piece, Bleach, and naruto now all of these were massive now a lot of people will say oh what about dragon ball z dragon ball z is the godfather which gave rise to this big three now there's an episode we talked about recently called the dark trinity which are the current kind of it's a bit of an inverse of what's going on there's of course jujutsu kaisen chainsaw man and hell's paradise which is very much a movement forward in anime because what is interesting about the big three is it's very much a shonen based thing now shonen is of course a demographic based at young men. Pretty much seven or eight of the top 10 selling manga of all time are shonen animes. So, young men, young boys, sort of we're talking like 10 to 25 is the target demographic there. Doesn't mean that everyone else can't enjoy them, but basically, that is the demographic. That is how Japan differentiates. You've got shonen, seinen, young men, older men. You've got shoujo, josai, young women, older women. Now, it doesn't mean others can't enjoy it. But that is how they are marketed and these are the market they're based at. So very soon, in 2023, we are going to have Bleach, Naruto, and One Piece all airing as anime at once, again. This is a crazy time.
2: Yeah, insert Robin Williams GIF from Jumanji. What year is it? Like, <laughs> it's wild. First it time long. in 11 years, they'll be back on the screen at the same time. Yeah,
1: it's very interesting. So obviously, one- someone explained to me what the Naruto episodes are.
0: There are four new episodes being released in September, which are basically going to be a kind of remake of the first few episodes of Naruto. Mm. Now, it's not going to be a whole new... They're not remaking Naruto. And, of course, there is Boruto, which is a crime against humanity. So, technically, Naruto is still going in Boruto. No, it
1: isn't. It just isn't. It's not the same thing.
0: Well, it's about his son. It's 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 the same
1: world, but it's not the same show. Written by the same guy. Yeah, but it's not the same show. It's not Naruto.
0: No. Okay. But yeah. the, same, the but universe still is still- There's still character in the universe. But what is Boruto is trading of. off? nostalgia because it's all,
1: you know, frankly, if
0: you didn't watch Naruto, why on earth would you watch Boruto? You just wouldn't.
1: Someone out there has, I would love to find that person. Who's like just like, you know, doesn't know about the prequel. Be. They're that like, oh, the prequel. What's that? that? <laughs> oh.
2: Yeah. Cause there's people out there that have watched Dragon Ball Z I've never watched the original Dragon
1: Ball That's <laughs> me. i watched Dragon Ball yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's true. That's big big fan of Boruto, oh, are you? Good. Huge <laughs> Boruto fan. Naruto
2: who? Minato who?
1: Um, yeah, I, I think you're about to say One Piece is the only one that's been continuously running. That's correct. We're yes. still on the same story. We've talked about this many times, about how Oda is a, a very dedicated Benghaka and creator, and we are about to have not only One Piece anime airing, the manga can go, we're about to have a live-action Netflix show of One yes, Piece. Ah, yes,
0: we are. This is a huge deal. And it's... And also, this year as well, well, right now, at the time of recording this podcast, there is a remake of Ruoni Kenshin, which is one of the big, big gateway animes for you and I, Charlie. Mm -hmm. Now again, we've talked about this a few times before. Obviously, the, the author, Mangaka, is a very problematic figure and one who probably shouldn't be celebrated in a way, shape or form. However, in Japan, Ruoni Kenshin is massive. And also, it broke heavily in the West too. It is the seminal samurai anime, manga that exists. There's no question about it. It's huge. Absolutely massive. That's been remade. This year, earlier, we just had a Trigun remake as well. Again, another classic 90s anime and manga, which got a very different remake. Mm-hmm. It's nowhere near as like, it's not like the same show remade, in which we were in a yeah, kind of reimagining doing.
1: Reimagining almost.
0: Very much reimagining. And we're seeing more and more of these go on. And we see it across all media. So Graham, I would like you to talk about Star Wars, because of course. Okay,
1: <laughs> did you <laughs> well, did you sure. pick a random franchise? <laughs> well,
0: no, no. If we're going to talk about nostalgia, yeah, and what one might consider a cash grab, or one might consider something which couldn't possibly be made, which wasn't made before it, mm. it is purely trading off nostalgia. I mean, the first three episodes of Back in What Early Two Thousands was a bit of a disaster. But I mean, Box Office, Seven so to Two
2: Thousand and Six, something mm-hmm. like that. I yeah. Think-
0: yeah. Um,
2: I don't know if they're trading on nostalgia. You don't this, think? I don't I don't know.
0: Well the new ones certainly are. Yeah, of
2: course, because 'cause you've got the return of legacy characters and yes. Harrison Ford and all that stuff. Yep. Totally. But I think the this, the prequel trilogy definitely did try to strike out on its own. Okay, yeah, that's fair. But I think at this point you're now we're in, we're living in a world of IP. Yes. Rather than nuanced films and, you know, all this type of stuff. And it's just they're huge money spinners where everywhere you look at it. And I feel that's what anime is just about to realize. You, you know, you've had Cowboy Bebop. You've had all these... Yes. W- Death Note. You've had all these sort of Western interpretations because it's getting more and more mainstream. Yes. So I think they're now looking at things as IP. As we've done Star Wars for like 20 years. We've done you know, Star Trek, all these other things. I think the West is sort of looking over this, you know, to the other side of the world and going, oh, we can we can take that and put our own spin on and see what happens. Well, Most of the time it's not good. <laughs> well, but they're going to keep
1: trying. It I mean, hasn't hit something will eventually. something will.
0: Speaking of Harrison Ford, at the time of this recording this podcast, uh, a new Indiana Jones is just yeah. about to come out. It's come out. It's just come out as yep. we speak. Is it as horrifying as the last one
1: was? Apparently it is not. It's not crystal skull bad. As bad but still not good. Also like India of all the franchises Indiana Jones should not be rebooted in a, for a modern audience we have got a character whose main fucking tagline and like catchphrase is like, this belongs in a museum. It's like, no it doesn't. Sorry. <laughs> Stop fucking going into people's countries and stealing their treasure and taking it back to a museum. It's like yeah. colonial bullshit and it really through a 2023 lens is not good. And I yes, wonder how they handled that. Yeah, but
2: that. the Nazis were going to get it.
1: <laughs> yeah, Look, if it's first... I'm you playing in Nazi Hands are in a museum. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. That's the option. Yeah. I um I'm playing a point and click game from the 80s um and honestly, yeah, it's probably made of God is a good game. But, like, I love the old point and clicks from the 80s. Fucking LucasArts. Good shit. Oh, yeah.
2: Star Wars, we're back. We're back, baby. Lucas, speaking of Lucas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're all about the Lucas. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but it's – everything is being rebooted. And it's, like, just reboot, central. It's kind of hilarious. I read a tweet the other day. I wish I could quote whoever it was. (laughs) It's, like, (laughs) like an academic source, like, Sam's quoting Einstein. I'm quoting some random girl's tweet. But um, I think that she was right, whoever she was. And it was just like we should be rebooting the bad movies and trying to make them good, as oh opposed God, to the yeah. good things, and then just making them worse. Like it's like, why not try something that failed and yeah. then see if you can make it good? I was like, that is a very good point. Yeah. It seems quite simple, obviously, because if it's been a failure in the past, they're not going to be able to. Gar- I know the reason, like I know the logical reason why studios won't be like, you know, what we should do, Waterworld. Like I don't think they're, you know, Waterworld oh, Waterworld's that. an absolute banger. Um, what are we talking about? <laughs> never remake Kevin in his that. Like, like, <laughs> come on. But there are so many just ludicrous. insane sequels that just keep on coming out that I'm like, oh, can we not? Like, yeah. Indiana Jones is one. I um, had to have a Gladiator too, but I think I'm okay with that. You watched that movie for the first yeah, time. Yeah, so to so <laughs> me, it's not nostalgic. It's like, to me, it's like fresh eyes. I was like, <laughs> yeah. have you guys heard of Gladiator? Yeah. I get a message yeah. from Charlie
0: the other day. He's like, that I just watched. Reed, he's really going for this. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> like Oliver Reed, I'm glad, what a star. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I get this message from Charlie just being like, just watch Gladiator for the first time. It's really good. I just went back. Yes, yes. Comma, it is. Like, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about? It's 20, Twenty years, years old. Three years old. It's pretty good. <laughs>
2: George Lucas really got a future. <laughs>
1: I, I think that some nostalgia things will—they really do. Like, they kind of have to be from your childhood right to be considered nostalgic no yeah, well, well just yeah absolutely I mean, my definition I'm, i mean i think yeah. that like harry potter plays on a lot of people's nostalgia
0: without a shadow of a doubt no question yeah. and
1: i think that in particular for people of our age bracket the reason we're talking about this is because the big three would have come out in such a turning point in our lives when we we're younger that we have just such nostalgia of yes. naruto one piece and bleach like huge amounts of nostalgia and death note And those ones that we all watched when we were younger. And Kenshin.
0: Kenshin. And we're
1: just like, you know, trying to search for that high. I actually think that nostalgia will be the eventual death of art because I remember watching, that was a really dramatic thing to say, but, you know, like, it really hit me hard when I was watching Captain Marvel, right? Set in the 90s. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So I really got rogue (laughs) here. I watched Captain Marvel and it's set in the 90s, right? Yeah. And just everything about it was making me cringe a bit because it was like, we're going to play some garbage. And she's like, yeah, like I'm in the 90s. Here's a cassette tape or like, you know, I don't know, like a CD-ROM or like just everything about it was like, they just really were like, like, leaning in on the, like, you're going to love this. And same with, like, Stranger Things, that kind of thing. Like, it really yes, – they're yes. just trying to capture, like, the
0: – Remember Alf? Yeah. He's back.
1: He's back. In pog <laughs> form. But I remember just being, like, every time I heard a 90s song, like, Nirvana play or something, I'd just be a bit like, oh, do, we, do you have to? Like, it works sometimes. But I don't I don't know. I just – I remember that. was For some reason that stuck out to me with Mrs., was Captain Marvel. Well, it's, I think it's a very good point. It's yeah. a very good
0: point. But it's, it is just because also – you know, obviously we are elder anime fans. You know what I mean? We, we've been into this for over 20 years now. We are millennials and the majority of people who are making anime content and whatnot are Gen Z. <laughs> I've been on TikTok once or twice. It's... But it's very... I don't risky. think
1: that's necessarily true. I think um, there's just different... Um, I think there, there's look, quite a few uh, I would say
0: the loudest noise comes from, at the moment, comes from, from Gen Z content creators, right? Uh, but there's still a massive amount of millennial content creators. So what, what I'm trying to say is that, like, is yeah. It is. We, we, our perspective is that of a millennial because that's what we fucking are. We got into this stuff on cheese TV, early morning breakfast television in Australia. We also were part of the early internet where we had to find things through very difficult lime wire esque mi- <laughs> means. So we were finding it's a dangerous, things. dangerous game. Yeah. yeah, it was a terrible, <laughs> terrible. Watch anime, story. destroy the home computer. Yeah. The <laughs> anime, oh, who knows? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But it's the thing, like. The idea of having a Crunchyroll app or even streaming apps at all just was yeah. absolutely nonsense.
1: Is it true that Crunchyroll started as one of those like anime go-go, like it started as an b- illegal I believe streaming so. website? Yes, it did. They absolutely.
2: were a subtitle group. Yeah, yeah fair. you ever watched it back in the day and it was the yellow subtitles, like, yeah. Yeah, that, that was Crunchyroll. That was Crunchyroll. Yeah,
0: far out. So these things just weren't available to us. So at the same time, we do have not only do as anime fans, I think it's you know obviously like with, with your Indiana Jones and your Star Wars and whatnot. Okay, like they were still very Western, very universally accessible things. You go to a video store, you can pick it up. A VHS, a Blockbuster, or whatever. It, it was showing on on the you know on TV late at night, or Saturday night whatever. movie, yeah, Saturday 8:00. night movies, all that sort of stuff, right? But for anime, for us, right? And it's not trying to say that this makes us any better or worse. I'm just saying this is just our reality, right? We had to find these things through hard work. And again, we talk about all the time the Naruto VCDs, which went around our friendship group, which you and I watched, which we got into, and that's how we really began to love this genre and then go and explore it further, which has now made us create this podcast. It amplifies the nostalgia because it wasn't as simple as just, well, I watched that movie when I was a kid and and then I would hide it out for 15 more times from, from Video Easy or whatever the fuck. It was something that we had to work towards and we had to really, like, fight for to become fans of. Now, that can lead to very toxic fandoms. That can lead to a lot of gatekeeping and ownership over things. And and once fandoms get ownership, it's a double-edged sword because you need to feel like you own something to care for it. And you need to, to hate something truly. You need to love it first, I think. So that's where you get this kind of toxicity in fandoms, right? So obviously for us... When we see this nostalgia, it's like, oh shit, it's Naruto again. Like, mm. I go back to, as you've, you've said it before on the podcast, it's like a warm hug. You go back and you watch Naruto and you're like, ah, oh, yes, I remember. I was in high school when I watched Rock Lee drop those weights. Bleach. Now, quick, quick shout out to my very good friend at Crazy Panda Collectibles who gifted me this extraordinary animation cell in the back here. You probably can't see it necessarily. Those who aren't watching on YouTube, well... I was gifted this incredible animation cell, an original animation cell from the Bleach anime by my good friend at Crazy Panda Collectibles. If you're in Australia or even not, check him out. He does amazing work. It is such a sick piece. But at the time of recording this podcast, Bleach is airing. It's back, baby. It's back again. And it is so good. It's good. It's so good. And but again, is it because of nostalgia, though? Yes, it this is. Thing. Yes, like, it is. This 100%. Is point, it is. That's my point. Yeah. Is that I'm watching this thing that I found in like 2007. You know, and was watching on like bullshit sites on on the internet or whatever because it wasn't on mm-hmm. Cheese TV or whatever. So I had to find it and At we 7 all got 720p or something like that. Yeah, like. no question. <laughs> and find this stuff and it just it it was like my awakening as an anime fan. You know what I mean? And it was like this special little thing mm. that me and my very close friends who have Lockie McAllister we've had on the podcast. You know, with the JPG episode and again JPG, same thing. They were very difficult to find and we kept finding them. All this, you know. Japanese culture we were finding in Australia, you know, sort of mostly pre-internet or very, very early internet world. So I guess the sense of ownership was was heightened. Like I say, um, why we started this podcast is because we, we we really, we love this stuff so much and we just want to share it with people and and bring a uh, passion for this to you. So hopefully you can, you know, don't need to share it exactly, but just find things that you might find as enriching as we have found. So like I say, that also brings toxicity because once your expectation, as Hans-Robert Yaus brings about <laughs> an expectation theory, when you have an expectation of something which you have experienced, you have very strong ideas of how it should look and how it should be done. And when your expectation isn't met, you get very upset. And now it's very easy to meet in online forums with other fans who are also upset and you create these really <laughs> toxic... Uh, feedback loops, which yeah. end up with people giving fucking death threats to animators on Twitter. You know what I mean? Which is just absolutely ridiculous. Just keep thinking about pros D sketch. was like, I like that thing. I
2: like that thing.
0: <laughs> I like that thing. It's a perfect example. It's a perfect I hate that thing. Yeah. Was <laughs> <that thing. laughs> <laughs> well, exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. So I just find it very interesting. And now we're in this phase where like anime as, and again, we're always coming at this as Western fans of an Eastern medium Because nostalgia probably means a completely different thing to a Japanese audience than it does to a Western audience, right? Mm. Now, it doesn't mean that One Piece, Naruto, and Bleach aren't nostalgic to Japanese audiences. Of course they are. But it just means very different things. And I find that really fascinating. I find it incredibly interesting. I'm just going to read out a quote now. This is Anne Allison summarizing Susan Napier, who is an extraordinary academic who talks very specifically about manga and anime from a Western perspective. Susan Napier's studies say that American fans are engaged in a relatively new form of spectatorship, that of the committed fan, whose interactions transcend issues of modern boundaries. She found both children from the US and Japan say much the same thing, and these characters and stories they like the best are the ones in which they can see or feel something of themselves by identifying, for example, with a lead character that also have the power to transport them to another world. A fantasy or dream world? And then Napier says, the issue of japanese is not the major attraction of anime for most of the respondents. So this is what's quite interesting. It is that universality. And I think it's really, really fascinating.
1: It's interesting to look at what's happening now with Hollywood trying to kind of come in and capitalise on anime fandom because it's very, you know, universal. And they realise there's a bunch of huge audience in there that's not necessarily just Japanese. It's like, it's, it's everywhere. And I'm um, trying to hit the right notes with it and... I think this One Piece one is, is you think they're trying to ride on a stagio wave for the One Piece? Because, I mean, yeah. in particular, one thing that they definitely are doing is they're dubbing – did you see hear about this? At Anime Expo they announced that the dub for – because, you know, um, when shows are in English and they have a dub cast who dub the live action. That happens in every language. There will be a Russian dub, a German dub or whatever dub. Um, the Japanese dub that is going to be over the One Piece is the original – voice acting cast. So Luffy, the original, the person who is playing Luffy, who's going to dub the live actor, is going to be Luffy. That, that's her, the voice actor. Wow. The whole cast is coming back, which is an amazing move. Because, because also, like, one thing about this One Piece is the trailer came out in the time of recording probably about two weeks ago, I'd say. Yeah, two yep. three weeks ago, yep. And I looked at it and I went, I don't know, because I, I was the biggest sceptic for this. I went, One Piece is probably, the to me, the hardest one to make work for yeah. a Western audience and in just, like, and live action just because – First of all, I don't know how they have the money for it. It's all boats and, like, it's all larger than life and, you know, like, Luffy's stretchy arm and, like, it's all very cartoonish. Outlandish designs, that kind of thing. Also, Luffy himself as a character is very, like, it's not like anything you really... Have seen before, I think in live action, like mm. very, yeah, like uh, like a kind of um, very very much works in cartoons, hard to do in live action. Yes, very sanguine. But when I watched the trailer, I went. I think the actor they have playing Luffy has captured it pretty well. Like I was like, he's doing a really good job. This is super hard. I think the Zoro looks really good it, as a whole. I went. This is One Piece, and Oda said that they wouldn't release it unless he was happy with it. So that's been a whole thing. So it's very hands on with it. But I think it was a genius move to get the anime voice cast in to dub them for the japanese dub because i think that that's gotten the anime fans it's nostalgic as well it's like the luffy you grew up hearing is going to be in this new version as well it's not entirely separate but it's like a new iteration of it and i think that's pretty interesting
0: but also at the same time like i was in melbourne not long ago and my partner's like cousins um are very young they are huge one piece fans and they were just, they know that I have an anime podcast and whatever. And they were just like peppering me with questions. And you about, had nothing. I had no you got nothing. clue. I had to lie my ass off. Because oh. I was like, oh, shit. The one thing I don't know anything about. Oh. Um, so Such a poser. I know. I was like, shit. God damn it. <laughs> the one big flaw in my game. I know it's a flaw in my game. Fuck off, TikTok. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> look, it was basically one of those things where it was like, shit. The younger generation are really into this thing and like it will again become nostalgic for them as if it ever ends it might just keep going <laughs> it might it might but, but but even so like like the Simpsons 100 oh, yeah. that that should have ended a long time ago it's disgraced itself but it's nostalgic for a sure that's still airing it should, wish, should so. have stopped airing in pff, 15 years ago it's one of those things where yeah Simpsons will always hold a very nostalgic piece. I mean, half of my whole comedy is quoting The Simpsons. I quoted one earlier this episode. It's yeah. all we do. It's all we've got, really. we've got. <laughs> <laughs> in Anim- <laughs> The that's Simpsons, the thing. cricket and now i <laughs> fucked. Life would have
1: no meaning. Gladiator now for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, Sorry, gladiator. That's, that's a new that's one. Yeah. That's my whole personality. For that's me that's now. I'm going to watch Troy next, I think.
0: Oh, jeez. No, that's a shit film. But, um, Are you sure? Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure. That Eric Banner, funny. Brad Pitt.
1: That sounds good. Honestly, you're not, not selling Lando it. Bloom. Lando Bloom. Oh, wow. And okay, keep going. Ryan Cox. I, I, I don't know so much about the cast of this movie. <laughs> I haven't seen mean, 20
2: cast. years.
0: It's a shit film. Yeah. But anyway, it, I just find it incredibly interesting because, like, you also talk about, for us, like, Full Metal Alchemist, which, again, if Charlotte moves, you can see our oh, greed here. And for those who aren't watching, unfortunately, we just got a brand new little greed to add to our new studio, which looks very, very cool. Full Metal Alchemist is one of the most nostalgic pieces of. Uh, that I have to draw upon because it literally like was not only the one of the big gateway animes and I'm talking the original before even Brotherhood it's one of the things that like, quite literally changed the way that I view fiction you know what I mean mm-hmm. I, I, I love it so 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 much and if something was to be done now like if it was to be remade or whatever I'd be hysterical, you know. I'd be super excited or, or like, sceptical. And again, this is the was Well, it's duality. funny because that
1: was remade in the time. In which well, you, yeah, Brotherhood, yeah. So yeah. And, like, but, so but it was It remade. was hysterical, though. <laughs> it was remade. I didn't refuse to watch it at the start. I was really... Right. Yeah, right. You had to force me. I mean, not force me. Oh, you were yeah, right, literally right, just yeah. like, you had to watch Brotherhood. I didn't watch it until 2012. Oh, wow. I was like, nah, I'm right about this. Yeah. I was so wrong about that. I've never been more wrong in my life, other than maybe about Troy. We'll see. Oh. That could be... <laughs> yeah, come back to me.
0: But this is where nostalgia comes in, right? And it, it both. And look, I mean, I mean, Ross is probably going to kill me for this, but Ross Cesario, a long-time collaborator of ours, who is obviously our Pokemon expert. If you think Pokemon isn't trading off past glories and nostalgia to keep releasing the fucking garbage they're releasing, then what are you talking about? Of course, I mean, Pokemon is one of the greatest examples of Western-Japanese crossover and cultural odorlessness. But from all accounts, they haven't released anything game changing for a very long time.
1: But they do change the, the little guys, the Pokemon. They <laughs> the little guys games. <laughs> <laughs> oh they, they change them up, you know, like and I, you know, but I, I yeah, I guess but I, think that's, I think that's don't think that's the case I think it true. is um if it ain't broke, don't fix it is their vibe. Not so much trading enough nostalgia. They're still making no, no it's the
2: trillions. Trillions, dude.
0: Yeah. It is the most popular piece of human media ever produced. Yeah. And it's, like, not even close. It's not even close. Massive. But at the same time, like, it hasn't been paradigm shifting like it was for a very, very long time. They're just kind of just changing it up a little bit as they go along, right? And such is the rusted-on audience. They'll accept anything. Now, that's not me trying – again, I haven't actually played anything. I just do a lot of reading of, re- like, reviews of things since they've come out, and I've read a bunch of things which are just, like, this is pretty average, but, like, people still buy it. Hey, still love I it. Hey,
1: I mean, I had a coal cart – for a fire Pokemon called, um, what was it called? Coley? It was like Cola Cart. It was like something really, it was like <laughs> something. But honestly, I was like, this no, is... I was even trying <laughs> anymore, dude. Like, <laughs> but I was like, about. you know what? This is this is forward thinking. That's, <laughs> that's new. That wasn't in the original 151 One? Pokemon. So go play Pokemon Sword <laughs> and then... Tell me how you really... No, it's been the same for years and years and years. Game freak,
0: keep doing what you're doing, yo. That's gold. Gold, uh, Jerry. But look, I guess the whole point of this is that Hollywood has fallen entirely victim to the remake train. It's all we're seeing, nonstop. It won't end. It's reboot after reboot after reboot after remake after remake after sequel after sequel. I guess the question is, will anime do the same thing? And is it a bad thing if they do? I mean... Kind of? I don't know. Like, I mean, try. we enjoyed Trigon. We did enjoy Trigon. I haven't watched Kenshin yet at the time of recording this. I will, just to see what it's all about.
1: They tend to remake shows that haven- didn't end properly. That tends to be more of a trend that got like, anime, caught yes. up or that kind of thing as opposed to rebooting entire franchises from what I can see. I think there is also just so much more source material of manga floating out there. There's just so yeah. fucking much. It's being released weekly. So I think there is more material. So it's kind of... Maybe less likely to be as intense as it is in Hollywood and Mm. rebooting TV shows left, right and centre. Did anyone watch The Lord of the Rings reboot on
0: Amazon? Yes. What do you think? Uh, Not good. That's what I heard. I heard it was trash. Uh, I thought it was really boring.
2: It wasn't boring, but I think it's a weird thing because the Tolkien family still holds the rights, but what they sold to Amazon was the appendices of the Cimmerillion. So it's like they're trying to build a series out of like nothing really right. like cliff notes in the margin. I'm like, Oh, we can make a series out of that. Like, right. But again, you are trading on nostalgia of those original films that came out of in course the two it thousands. It's
0: also the most expensive television show ever made.
2: Oh, it's money. You see it on the screen. Mm. Like if you want to throw billion a billion dollars at an anime TV show, I'll watch it. You spend that money doing a full metal alchemist live show or I'm there. I'll be there
1: I'm Throw there. that money at
2: it
0: all yeah. day. No, that's true.
2: I'm the problem. <laughs>
1: like, I the problem. I actually enjoyed the House of the Dragon um, to so the Game of Thrones kind of re- okay. prequel. I liked it, actually. Mm. So, you know, sometimes it can work, and if, like, the world build is good enough that you can tell a different story within the same world, that kind of thing, I think there is scope for that. The most ridiculous reboot I've heard of recently is the Neighbours reboot. <laughs> um, so the they, they finished Neighbours last year. They, did. they got all these, they got Margot Robbie back. They got Kylie. Minogue. they got all, they got so many people back for one episode to say farewell to the beloved Ramsey street. You know, what would Tom Fish do? I didn't know, <laughs> but now I do know because he's back and better than ever <laughs> in <laughs> Neighbours Reboot. And I'm like,
0: what, what? For, for anyone who's listening outside of Australia in the UK, Neighbours is a very long 30 plus year procedural soap opera. We have two of them in Australia. There's Home and Away and Neighbours. Home and Away, has become far more successful nowadays, but Neighbours was the big boy back then. the like OG as first one. Big, you know, Kylie Minogue, you know, big Jason Donovan, again. Margot not, Robbie. Margot Robbie. I think if
2: you're an actor from Australia, you've been in one of these two shows. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Chris like, Hemsworth in Home and Away. Like, it, just, it really yeah. is a launching pad. And the yeah, Ryan But there are certain actors who have been on the show from the start, like Carl and Susan's still there. <laughs> um they've all survived weird storylines including that storyline i think i've mentioned this on this podcast before i talk about it way too often because it lives rent free (laughs) in my brain but there's like an episode where susan kennedy slips on some milk or some water in the kitchen smashes her head and then gets amnesia and thinks that she's a teenager but goes outside is confused and sees because the school local school is having a 70s-themed disco and she was a teenager in the 70s, she thinks that she's a teenager and follows them to the school disco. And, like, that's a whole storyline. I'm just like, who wrote this? Like, what is going on? I, honestly, genius. it's freaking genius. 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 I think Toadfish has got two dead wives. Like, he drove off a cliff with one and then, like, she came back with a twin. Like, all these crazy storylines. Anyway. It's very
0: much Days of Our Lives. They're kind of back. Vibe of Australia, right? Before, eh? They're <laughs> back with Misha Button Or Holly Oaks or... Uh, EastEnders, you know. Yeah, it's, it's our the, version. The, the, the Australia's version of that.
1: Anyway, so I'm confused. That reboot happened way too fast. It was like, let it, let it <laughs> breeze. Let it and we're like, no, 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 we're back on Ramsey Street. Break
0: back in with Misha Button.
1: Misha Button from the OC, which is one of my most nostalgic shows, the OC. Again,
0: big big I nostalgic think if stuff. If I right? hear
1: that opening theme, I transport it to a very particular point in my yeah, life. Fine, yeah, yeah it's, it's just like everyone was watching that at the time. It was one of those shows the that, thing. like, same with Lost. Huge nostalgia show for me. Sonlock like did nothing wrong. Did so much wrong. Mm, he did well, a lot wrong no, in that no, show. No, he not ended not up so being it. the villain. Uh. Okay, don't. Right. Anyway, I kind of lost lost lost. <laughs> uh, oh, I got lost. Oh, oh. Very I think I me and the entire writer's room got lost <laughs> at a certain point. Uh and no one knew what was going on. But there are certain things nostalgia hits. And I think it very much is adolescence and that yes, kind of like yes. you when you're transported to a particular time. I guess with a lot of these reboots of bringing back older the old stars and that's like a real novelty thing. I think that is new for the reboot things. Like that kind of usually you do like a a new show and you wouldn't have the old people come back. But I think people are just keen to come back and keep doing it. Well, right?
0: an interesting one is a very good example of a remake which I loved was I, know, I never saw the original. In fairness. Was Battlestar Galactica. Oh, yeah. Which was a huge 1970s, you know, pretty schlocky, like, you know, sort of Star Trek y style 70s sci fi. But they did the remake in what, the early mid 2000s. And it was fucking outstanding. And they had the guy playing Adama's son, Adama. Apollo. Apollo, thank you. Uh, He was playing like the bad guy. He originally played Apollo in, in the 70s and he mm. played like the um, the bad guy. Oh, he guy. was
2: the mayor or, yeah, or he yeah, was yeah. running for election or something like that. Kind yeah, of yeah, yeah.
1: Um, like a cameo. Yeah. Yeah, he was in it a fair bit. So they did that kind of thing. But like, I loved that remake. So like, again, a lot of the stuff that we don't, aren't aware of, like, you know, things that we're like, that was great are actually remakes. So it's yeah. like, it's a cycle, but it's just happening more and more now, like, beyond kind of, they're rebooting things before they're even finished or like, it's kind yeah, of yeah. like, and the reboot's here. We've got a prequel Like they won't let things. It's a good thing. Like, it's a big
2: thing. In our current superhero-obsessed thing. We've had nine Spider-Man movies or eight Spider-Man movies in the last decade and a half. But can
0: we all agree that Into the Spider-Verse, who I haven't seen Across the Spider-Verse yet, is by far the best Spider-Man movie of them all? It's not even close. Oh, the
1: first Spider-Man's really good. Are you going to sit
0: here and tell me Spider-Man 2, maybe.
1: Yeah, Spider-Man 2. The w- you is that literally like screamed Raimi, at me yeah. for like three
2: yeah.
0: years to go and watch into yeah, the Spider-Man. Yeah, it's one of my oh, favourite movies. But
1: I do think that the Spider-Man, you can't discredit Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. Yeah. I'm not trying to do that. I'm yes, just you are. You
0: literally did that. <laughs> I'm trying to say Into the Spider-Verse is way better. And <laughs> objectively that's true and I won't take any I more love questions. Into the Spider-Verse. My so, my yeah.
1: personal favorite. I do think that there's an argument to be made. I'd
2: watch Spider-Man 2 again. It's been a while. It's good good say
0: It's a good film. Um, here's the nostalgia. It's hit me again. The nostalgia, is, and I get too. it. I get, but also, you see, I mentioned it at the top of the podcast very briefly. But you look at stuff like Donald Trump's campaign in 2016, right? Make America nostalgia. great again. Are you nostalgic
1: for? I'm nostalgic what, what, for. Look look at look
0: at look at what he his slogan was. Make America great again. Again, from what? It's obviously a fallacious statement because, like, ah, oh, yes, the 1950s, good times. Women couldn't vote, and neither could black people. Good mm. times, you know. It's like yeah, what yeah, the yeah, fuck, yeah. and it's just. Similar thing, which people evoke these kind of these steamy eyed like kind of rose colored you know, glasses, glasses. steamy eyed, steamy eyed. What,
1: what's that? <laughs> There's misty eyes? You can't see. Have yeah, misty eyes? <laughs> okay. Rose the glasses. Steamy eyed.
0: Rose the
2: glasses. Better. <laughs> That's not an expression. Oh, I've got the steamy eyed. <laughs> misty eyes is an expression. <laughs>
1: is it. Yes. Yeah. Misty eyes is like right. no. If you get misty eyed, it, it means you're, you're unclear. Up. I think is it means you're, you're tearing it's up. It's unclear.
0: <laughs> Misty-eyed
1: means you're getting like... You're, a misty-eyed made sense. It's like nostalgia. You're feeling like emotional about something. Thank you. Getting a bit misty-eyed. But you said steamy-eyed. Well, I got
0: that wrong. Okay? <laughs> so, I meant misty-eyes. <laughs> fucking hell. Get a a Misty-eyed. Rose-coloured glasses, if you will. Mm-hmm. Is exactly what this... These are, these are the evocations that happen all the time and you see it all the time in all kinds of authoritarian political campaigns, non-stop. It's we need to go back to when things were good. When it was good, when we all were great, when it was better, and it's like, well, nothing's ever been perfect. Obviously, number one, it's like, yeah, yes, when when white when white males had it all good. You know what I mean? That's a classic political authoritarian bent, which is constantly peddled out, and it's exactly what Donald Trump fucking peddled him, and people fucking voted him in. Now he lost the popular vote, sure, but he's still it's 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 dangerously attractive to many many people, and it's kind of terrifying. Now, obviously, that's on a, on a political scale, but at the same time, you look at these remakes of things and you just go, "Is it just lazy?" That's the big question, right? Why do we not have original ideas? Why do we not try and do things brand new? Now, again, it's like when I heard about the Naruto remake being like, "Hey, let's let's remake like the, the first four episodes in in a modern way," same with Bleach, which is airing right now. I am frothing on that. I am here for it because all my nostalgia bent is being ticked. I'm like tick, 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 tick. Yeah. all the things that I love. Oh, it looks better than it did before. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. So this is the thing. It's interesting. And I get how it works because it works on so many different levels from a societal perspective in every single psychological way that humans function. So I get it entirely. And I just wonder, I don't know, is it a good thing or not? Is it, as you said, is nostalgia the death of art? It's a Big question.
1: There are always going to be classic texts that are remade, you know, and that's sort of different again. Like, you wouldn't call Pride and Prejudice a reboot, you know, like if they do it again, you're like rebooting Pride and Prejudice, like, they have, it's, though. but I guess it's like a, they remake it heaps. Oh, yeah. God, have but I seen Little one Women? More of
2: three Little Women, yeah, exactly. yeah, Little <laughs> Women. There was damn. like
1: three in two years. We that all that know one. Colin My. Firth is the seminal Mr. Darcy oh, as like, well. I actually really like the um, Matthew McFadden. Matthew McFadden, I love that Kieran Atlee one, it's a good movie. They're just different though. One's a TV series and one's a movie, and they work in different ways. I, it's a really, it's very hard to turn on a six-part BBC miniseries and be like, ah, yes, it takes up so much time. You're like, hurry it up! I mean, it's good, but like, <laughs> come on,
0: TikTok team. But David Copperfield as well has been remade a
1: whole bunch of times. Michael Richards was in one of the remakes of that for some reason. Oh, right. Yeah, Little Women is really made a lot, and um, yeah, I actually love Little Women, so I'm fine with that too. It's a great book. It's a great I made mean, quite a few good movies have happened to that, but yeah, we don't probably need another one for a while, so everyone could just chill out on the Little Women for a bit there. <laughs> <laughs> the Sims, I'm back on The Simpsons. Oh they God. were no longer <laughs>
0: little women. They were no longer little girls. But now,
2: <laughs>
0: just not even a line it's not even, not line not even line a line, in, a a line in the book it's so funny guys are <laughs> yeah. We're just a bunch of crazy
1: guys are um, also not a
0: line in the musical by the way
1: yeah I think there, there is a million ways to tell a story like there's a million ways to do things and I, I think that what was interesting about Stampede was that it was really different they went the let's remake. do something different I don't know I mean I think a lot of fans are just crying out for like a modern adaptation of it that adapted the ending uh, but I, I think that they went with it they did something different and I, I don't think I ever should be frowned upon if you're going to I P you may as well do it differently.
0: Well, this is the very interesting thing. It's like if you're going to remake something, is it a is it a, for example, there was a remake of Psycho in mm. the early 2000s with Vince Vaughn. Oh, Fuck knows shot for happened. shot remake. Shot though. for shot it's remake like, what's the point? of of Hitchcock's Psycho but in color and in modern. I can't remember who directed it. I should look that up, but,
2: but Ed well, McMahon. Like, I don't know.
1: You look you're just looking and you go what the Fuck is that
0: for? Yeah. There you
2: were know I
1: mean? so like, many for a while. There, there was like a lot of um, remakes of like there would be like a British movie, and then they'd just remake the American version. Yeah. It was like pretty much the same. It's like we like we all speak English. Like what yeah. that like, and even making for I'm, I'm always just like could just watch the actual film. Like yeah. I, I yeah. do wonder about shop for shop. Seems really redundant. Yeah, it Makes
0: absolutely no sense. Well, we've done
2: Halloween and Freddy and yeah, yeah, yeah. Candyman. Man. These all oh, the horror genres been remade.
0: The horror so. franchises are, are a big one, of course yeah, I mean, also, you know, I look at something like one of my favorite shows of all time, Legend of the Galactic Heroes, currently has a remake show called Die New These, which is made by Production IG. And I've only watched like one or two episodes. And you'd think that I'd be lapping that up, right? And I and I probably should. And I, I, I will eventually get to the point where I will look at that. I, mean, I, I watched the first two episodes I was like, this is good. But I guess the original was so good to me. And mm. I guess I, 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 because I watched it only like relatively about two years ago. It doesn't hold that like old school nostalgia to me, but like also just the original piece that it was was so good. I was like, "Why? Do you, I don't know if I need this." Oh. But at the same time, when I did watch it, there was no question that it's a very schlocky, old, yeah. janky bit of animation, which kind of looks terrible, but the story is so good that I didn't care. So I don't know. I guess it is. It's kind of giving me all the things that I want. Mm. And so, I guess I understand why I haven't watched it. But like, so what's the
1: point? I guess if you like the original, you've already got it. You've already watched it. So I it's thought, just but like rehash. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, this is the point. I feel complicated about certain things. I like remakes of, and I think there is a place for certain adaptations and everything. But I, I just, there's a lot of things that could be adapted or could be done. There's a million uh, in the anime world. There's a million shojo sides that are just begging to be adapted into into anime, and they never fucking are. So you know, they could do that instead of rebooting everything else. Yeah, I think that. If the Kenshin creator wasn't so problematic, I would say Kenshin was definitely probably due for an update. Like, that's one that I think could work. People would be fads of this very popular live action films already i love that they redid fruits basket because they yeah, did the ending love that, properly right? beautiful that huge right they needed that though like they didn't do it right the first time there's ones that not, were not done right like Full my alchemist i think helsing there was a remake of helsing yes, as well was, yep. they redid evangelion which was not good no, um should have left that alone yeah so it kind of just depends on what you're doing and sometimes there have been better versions but
0: and there's people begging for an anime original ending for attack on titan too like it's sort of never like Just adapted properly. Let me ask you a question: Of all the shows, what would you like most a remake of? The obvious answer is Berserk.
2: I would say obviously it's Berserk. Well, we've already gotten the it, reboot coming. Reboot or remake? Episodes.
0: There are ones that exist that we want, and Berserk is one of them, obviously, because the 2016 one where they rebooted it—not rebooted it, but repicked it back up from where the original run in 97 anime finished—it was a fucking disaster, and I've never seen a fandom turn so hard on something something we were supposedly wanted. And you know what? It was difficult because I also spent, I spent longer than most being like, guys, it's pretty good. This isn't bad. And then after a while I had to actually be like, it's fucking terrible. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I just wanted it so badly to be good. And th- it was just like shitting on something
1: great. It's funny because in the past when asked this question, I've always said Trigon, which is interesting that it happened. So there you go. My <laughs> you dream have you finished came true. Through- no, I wasn't that into it. You see? I I kind of was like, I've already seen it. What you wish for, right? Yeah, I I didn't care. I wasn't like, boo. I was just like, I don't know. Um, I feel like a part of me would be interested to see Naruto done in a modern style and not as an ongoing, like, I think that is going to be interesting and I'm kind of excited for that the other one that I think I would love to see redone oh god it's just too problematic but I think young me would have said Oran High School Host Club <laughs> um, yeah, okay. yeah I also want "Owner of the Dawn needs a season 2 oh, yeah. yep. uh, there's a bunch of things that need to be continued I feel like a part of me wants to be like revolutionary girl you know, but I really love the animation of the old one I think it's like that's a part of the charm I don't know if it would be as good so I don't know really but there's a bunch of things I'm sure I would love to see redone eventually so
0: that's your legendary heroes sort of thing
1: yeah I think so
0: I don't think I have one right now.
1: Really,
2: Full well, Metal Aqua's Brotherhood is still fairly recent. It's ten years. Ten years, but it's still
0: thirteen it's still years. Pretty fresh. Fuckin if no. it
2: was like a three D Trigun remake, maybe. But I've got Naruto coming back for a few episodes.
0: Surely, is, surely, it's it's berserk.
2: It probably is berserk.
0: Yeah,
2: it would probably be a from the ground up berserk. Yeah, yeah. But apart from that, I mean,
0: if if UFO table announced tomorrow that they were remaking berserk from episode one i think we'd all be frothing you know yeah so again but but it's like picking and choosing like what i don't know you know it's it's, it's very interesting hollywood have just fallen into this trap of this cyclical banal kind of like dead end you just need winners you need constant winners and and, it's never gonna happen nothing is a constant winner you know what i mean unless someone
2: makes a billion dollars it's a failure. Well yeah well, this is the pro- this is the problem so simple. now we just bank on existing ip like it's
1: but also unfortunately it works on me because i <laughs> it works on me. like the films that i That's really want to see are coming out i want to see the new mission impossible uh-huh. And I want to see the new Hunger Games. I'm fucking down with that. It looks sick. There's a new Hunger Games? Yeah, it's a it's a prequel. Um, And I reckon it looks sick. And I'm excited because I'm a fan of the Hunger okay. Games franchise. Just out of shame. Blue. But then again, there's also like, we're going to see how that goes. There's a huge amount of, you know, we had Gardens of the Galaxy come out. We had, um, you know, Indiana Jones. There's always huge amounts of like massive star vehicle reboots, remakes, sequels, prequels, threequels. I don't know what, that's not a word. Trilogies, yada, yada. I, think threequels, um, yeah, I think Is threequels three cool a word?
2: I think now that you've got three separate Star Wars trilogies. They're three There's three quills. I, yeah. I think we're on to something. My
1: favorite is Alvin and the Chick The Squeakquel. <laughs> that's a good title. It's good. good title. It's good. That was genius. And uh, that was a fantastic title. reboot. <laughs> so, one yeah. of a classic <laughs> yeah. cartoon. I'm also excited to see Oppenheimer and Barbie like the rest of the fucking world is too. Okay. So, that's a good I think this is, we're going to have, you know, Barbie is nostalgic. That is a huge thing. But it seems, it's like still a very fresh idea. It's going to be like, it's still. An original film, so.
0: Well, this intrigues me actually because I don't think there's ever been a better marketing team assembled than the Barbie marketing oh, team, right? Like that brutal. fucking shot they had at the foot, you know, like that just went so viral. But we haven't seen a Barbie film before. Now, but it still is trading in massive nostalgia. It's a very good point that you make. Even you go back to the Aqua song of 2001, mm. was still trading in massive nostalgia because it, Barbie, I think Barbie debuted in the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. so you're talking nostalgia for so many generations of boomers gen x gen y gen z it's a huge nostalgia point and that is what they're trading off god knows at the time of recording what the film is going to be like but it looks oh, like i it's mean
1: it's be Greta because so it's probably going to be good she hasn't really had a miss she's yeah, amazing and, and margot robbie and like mm-hmm. you know it's, it's it's. but again it is purely trading off nostalgia
0: there's nothing else that that film is trading off right So that is kind of interesting to see how that's going to go. But again, it doesn't mean that pieces of media and art (laughs) trading in in nostalgia is bad. It's just something that needs to be talked about. We are constantly, with this podcast, coming at it from a Western standpoint and also from a slightly elder fan's standpoint. State standpoint, yeah, you know, like it I'd really say. blew up in the eighties, and like that was before our time. But we got into it in the late nineties, early two thousands. Now, obviously, the Gen X fans are, are well ahead of us, but that was even harder to find, even more difficult to become a fan of. And those guys, poof, hats off to you, credit hard to do. There's a great podcast called uh, Anime in
2: America, and that really goes into this sort of Gen X experience where they they had to write write into a magazine, and someone would like a uh, classify things, and someone would mail out a reel or a tape, and that's sort of the genesis of it wow. in America. It's, it's really interesting stuff. I
1: wasn't aware there was other anime podcasts. That's really shocking news. There's one other anime and podcast. And it was that one. <laughs> 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 no one else has ever done this before. I'm disappointed you're listening to that. And not this, you know, yeah, yeah well, that's, that's, you know, you that's fine. It's hurtful. Well, Gateway's on a loop. We've got to get those numbers up. Like.
0: <laughs> no, it, it is incredibly... It, it, the, yeah, that level of, like, fandom is out of control. So, so impressive and uh, even though we're like oh LimeWire wire, was well, so hard for us comparatively not not even at all but still compared to now massively more difficult but I guess what's interesting about anime is that it is essentially a tool to sell manga right that is kind of how and why it exists it's why it functions the way that it does so maybe it won't fall into the same traps because even at the end of the day all anime apart from anime originals are adaptations so I mean, it's already being adapted and being kind of remade yeah. from like a physical source, like you know what we're got Again, in front of us. For those who can't watch I, it,
2: I do get that that point. That, but it's money. Yes, uh, you can make four episodes in Naruto, which maybe people haven't seen. Mm. And they're like, "That was really good." Oh, manga! Oh, Naruto manga! Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, I'm gonna buy. 200 volumes of Naruto manga. Yes. Which are already there, already printed. Like, it's 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 an easy layup. So, I don't
0: I don't know. It's, it's an interesting. All media comes back to making money. Yeah. And if remaking things makes money, they're going to remake them. Yeah. And if it doesn't,
1: then they won't. And so, do you think that the Hollywood system is going to try and jump in off the cash kind of grab and the nostalgia that we as Western fans have of anime to kind of... Like, do you think that that's what they're doing? One Piece? Do you think they're going to try and do it with Naruto? Do you think that's what these live act like live actions are for, or yes. do you think it's just like a natural well, progression thing? Well, it's interesting because so many have failed. That's what I mean. It's like so it's, hard to hit.
0: But clearly, they're not stupid because they look at the anime manga industry and they go, "What the fuck?" Like One Piece manga is the second highest selling comic of all time. Full stop. Like second only to Superman and all of its. Mm. Uh, in like, various
2: iterations and whatnot. Like a quarter of the time it took. As yeah. Well, uh,
0: yeah. Right. So they're like, well, how can we not tap in on this? Of course. Like, so I think Hollywood is still trying, even though like the Death Note thing failed, of course it was a disaster. Uh, obviously, Cowboy Bebop failed, didn't get a second season. I thought that one might work. It didn't. We've had so many, and even in Japan, like they've tried to make so many remakes in Live action and it hasn't worked. It worked better, obviously, than it has in the West, but it still hasn't worked. But someone will crack the code, and someone will make money. Mm. Therefore, they're going to keep trying. You keep swinging. You have to because there's so much money to be made. The anime manga world is there's so much money in it. It's so crazy, and Hollywood knows what they're doing. You know, and like, look, a Squid Game. I mean, yeah. obviously, live action, but like a South the most successful Netflix show of all time. And it's a South Korean show. Like, it's, there are so many elements that they can make here and so many things they can, not exploit necessarily, but it is Hollywood, so yeah, I guess kind of exploit. Or just jump on the bandwagon for. So yeah, I think Hollywood are still trying to crack the code and I think they're going to keep throwing throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what's, what sticks. You know what would work?
2: An HBO berserk live action show. Man, there's so like, many that would so work. It's so ripe. There so it's many so easy that to would do work. Monster I mean, would work. Monster would work. Well,
0: actually, funnily enough...
1: Um, yeah, Gellman de Toro had the rights. Gellman de
0: Toro has the rights oh, for right. HBO. for, for that. I don't know what happened to it. I think it's in development hell, or maybe it's yeah. just yeah. been shelved. Interesting. That's right. the one
1: that I think would work the best for live action.
0: hundred percent. But yeah. also, I mean, Legend of Galactic Heroes would work as a sci-fi, which absolutely would, no question. It'd be so good... There are so many, it's just I think they often pick the wrong because shonen, like pure shonen anime, tough, tough. Cuz stylistically it's tough, you know what I mean? Like it's so unique and frankly quite I mean it's aimed at children, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so like when you try to make it into an adult thing, it just doesn't Mm. Whereas one
1: piece, I think they could probably just not make it. Like I think it could work if they if they if they tap into the kid market. Surely that's going to make them the most money out of everything. And we'll see about Avatar goes the live action of Avatar. Now that's Airbender because that is massive very much aimed towards a younger demographic. And nostalgia-based as well for absolutely. those
2: older. Oh, I'm, I can't wait. Even no, if I hate it, I can't wait.
1: No, yeah. It's the thing. It's like... We've it's already had a live action. Everyone's yeah. still scarred for life from that one, but yeah, you know, <laughs> here we are, round well, the two. The Dragon Ball
0: remake was an absolute oh, fucking Jesus. clusterfuck. Like just, there's been so many that are so bad, but again, it's like it's still pretty embryonic. They haven't tried that many. And also the ones they have tried, they've just fucked. So you'd think they'd learn a couple of lessons from that. So I don't know. It's very interesting that there's so many shows that I could just see being good. And the person who does it will make it's that brilliant. company and themselves millions and millions. So it's going to happen. It'll come eventually. And I just, I don't know. I just think it's very interesting as, you know, from our perspective, as older anime fans, we still, no matter how much we like to think we don't, we still trade in nostalgia.
2: We're both sitting here wearing the rural t-shirts. Damn it's right. Been, it's been, r- r- it's been r- 20, r- 20 years. Look
0: yeah, all this shit. Like, yeah, it's it, absolutely. Like... And is the new bleach season giving me energy? Yes, dude. No question. Yeah. <laughs> I have frothing on it. It's so, so good. So, good. Yeah. so, look, that is our little conversation about nostalgia in anime and in media in general. Now, it's something that we want to keep talking about. If you guys have thoughts about it, please send in your thoughts. Like, comment on the YouTube video. Comment on our Instagram posts. So let us know your thoughts on nostalgia and media and particularly nostalgia and anime Thank you so much for listening. You can, of course, always find us on all of our social media sites, which are Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, which you might be watching us on. You can also find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and our website, www.gatewaytoanime.com. If you really like our show, you can, of course, join us on our Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash Gateway to Anime, And on top of that, you can also buy a shirt. You can buy it through our shop on our website or through our Instagram. Every little bit goes to us for a small operation. We all work pretty much full time and we do this as a labor of love. So anything you can help us out with does help massively. And we just love talking about this and we hope that you've been intrigued by this conversation. It's something that has always intrigued me and uh, guys, thank you so much for chatting again. Thank you. you. See you next time. Bye. (laughs)